buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 55. Today we're going to chat with Adam Balzer from Charger Arms, make a prank call about marital theft, and talk about the tools you need to assemble an AR. Today's panel is Sean Heron and I'm Ava Flannell. And I'm Sean Heron. Sean Heron. Did you already say that? Yeah. I wasn't sure. I wasn't listening. Okay, great. Yeah. I hope you're listening now. (laughs) I am listening now. Unless you're embarrassing me in front of our new friend. I am not. But I'll tell you what, before we get to know our new friend, let's hear about our old friends. At Manticore Arms. Our old friends, Sven and Kristen. Yep. Uh, so, you know, I was looking at their website and I came across their Scorpion Evo Bullnose Transformer Forend. Yeah. Did you, did you realize that it's actually very similar to, to the Transformer rail? Yep. You can change out the panels and stuff, which yep. is cool because some people prefer Keymod, Mlock. Absolutely. You, you even have the option of the snakeskin. Yep. And uh, I know a lot of people have actually made custom panels for their transformer rails. Those fit right on this. No problem. No hassle. No mess. No muss. No fuss. Yeah. I like that option. Yeah. Pretty and, cool. Yeah. And the cost is $130. But if you use the coupon code GUNFUNNY15, you get 15% off. And we hope that you will see us. No. I hope that we will see you at the Bullpup Shoot September 15th. 2018, Mount Carroll, Illinois, at the Site Training Center. Go to bullpupshoot.com to find all the information about that. Yeah. Actually, we I just had somebody who messaged us, and they're making the trip out there to come see us. Nice. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Anyone we like? Um, I don't... We've never met them in person. They just listen to us, so... All right. Hopefully. You know, hopefully we like them. <laughs> Already, I like them. They listen to us, so, you know, they're winning brownie points. All right. I love it. Let's get into it. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. Ava, before we start, I got to say, uh, I'm feeling like we're a little bit clunky today. I don't feel clunky at all. <laughs> you don't? No. <laughs> I don't feel like we are uh, hitting on all pistons or cylinders or whatever that that is. But So we have to go to our guest to save us. And our guest today is Adam Balzer from Charger Arms. Adam? How's it going? Would, hey, how's it going, guys? I wouldn't put all your eggs in one basket if you want me to save the show. I was just going to say, I was like, great, uh, Adam, pressure's on. <laughs> we're, we're, we're screwed. Yeah, this is game over, man, game over. Uh, Adam, tell us uh, tell us about Charger Arms. What do you do? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm an FFL SOT in Kansas. Uh, I uh, have been a Cerakote applicator for a little over a year. I deal in silencers. I apply a Cerakote. I sell machine guns and... Uh, it's, it's my part-time gig, and it ends up running my life. So I enjoy it, and that's what I do. Nice. I saw on Instagram you had a bunch of uh, stuff in the oven curing the, the Cerakote, and it looked like you were pretty damn busy. Uh, yeah, I was uh, hooked up like a sled dog, as I say. Um, I had uh, 52 upper and handguard combos I had to get out with different themes and pattern for a local uh, guy who sells uh, uppers and uh, ARS X-rays at uh, gun shows, and uh I get those dropped off sometime today and pick up another 35 or 40 for them to do for another two weeks. So, Wow. He keeps me busy. Yeah, definitely, keeps man. Keeps me busy. Sounds like it. So you are yeah. a three-month king of the Patreon. 
after those three months, we invite that person to be a panelist on the show. Yeah. But we've actually, we've used your services. You just recently Cerakoted a rifle for me, which looks amazing. So we thought that we would have you come on the show and talk about your business as opposed to being a panelist. So Adam, what got you into the industry? I got into the industry 12 or 13 years ago where I was living in a small southeast Kansas town. There was no uh, decent gun stores at all. And I was making an hour and a half drive one way to a little uh, mom and pop shop in Winfield, Kansas, which is where my grandparents were at. We used to call it the uh, Winfield trifecta. We'd drive over Winfield, uh, go to Dave's gun shop, see my grandparents and eat some hamburgers and uh, meet my brothers and just kind of make it a family trip every couple of weeks. And um, I noticed that I was driving over there a lot to shop and this guy was always busy. So I talked to him, kind of mentored with him for a little bit, and then uh, decided to start a small home base on the side gun shop uh, in southeast Kansas, and it started to take off from there. And in the meantime, Kansas passed laws where you could then own silencers. I know a lot of states, they have been legal for a long time, so it was no big deal, but in Kansas, it was unheard of. You know, they, we had short-barreled rifles, and that about the time, that was it. So they opened up the NFA for everything in Kansas and it just started to get a little bit more and more busy. So when I started the NFA game, I think there were three or four people that had SOTs in the state at the time mm-hmm. that were selling silencers. Now it's, you can't uh, swing a dead cat without hitting somebody that tries to. Nice. Wow. I, I would have thought that Kansas itself was pretty pro gun. Yeah. It was, it was, it was right about 10 years ago. So it hasn't been that long. What happened? We actually had a, a very democratic uh, governor uh, an attorney general in office, which is kind of a shocker here. This is, this is a lady. It was Kathleen Sabili. You should probably remember her from the Obamacare rollout nightmare. She was the one in charge of that. She was the governor of our state before that. So she, uh, her attorney general at the time was reading the, uh, rules and noticed in there that there were some discrepancies that didn't even let law enforcement own the stuff that they had in stock. So they had to go and change the law in order for the law enforcement to continue to own the short belt rifles, silencers, and machine guns that they had to use as their duty weapons. So they had to go through and change it. Well, when they did that, they just basically, they wrote it like, all right, we'll just comply with what the federal laws want. And they signed it into act. So we were able to finally get short barrels, uh, machine guns, silencers, and it really opened up a, a new market for folks in Kansas. Uh, that is pretty awesome. So we've heard about how you got into the industry. Tell us your gun story. Like, how did you get? How did guns become a part of your life? You know, they're always part of my life. My dad, you know, he'd like to hunt a little bit. Um, wasn't like the super outdoorsman. Um, he farmed on the side, and as well as worked a full time job at a refinery. Um, so when he did find time to take us out dove hunting or deer hunting, we enjoyed that. Mom was very active in 4-H. She uh, liked helping with the shooting sports and tried to coordinate that. So. We got a little experience in that. I got some merit badges in the Boy Scouts for shooting. Nothing, you know, major, not any huge competition or anything. Just kind of out here in Kansas, there's a lot of guys that just go out and pasture plink, and that's kind of like what we were doing. So went through college. Of course, didn't have a whole lot of money for guns while I was going to school, but always maintained an interest. And then just slowly started, as I started as an adult working, I'd buy a firearm here, buy a firearm there, and just it just started snowballing. Yeah, I can imagine. So, I mean, it sounds like you started out with some pretty traditional stuff, probably 22s, hunting rifles, shotguns, things like yep. that. But I think you've made the transition pretty much fully to, you know, semi-auto pistols and AR-15s and stuff like that, right? Oh, yeah. Semi-autos. Uh, it didn't take long to get into that. My first AR-15 I got back when it was still 
the um, crime bill that would limit you to a fixed flash hider, um, mm-hmm. no ma- no bayonet lug. So that was during my first uh, AR-15. It's it's long gone, but uh, that's how it got started there, and it just it just snowballed. It just I got one here, then I go pick up another one, and that and that's basically when my wife said, you know, why don't you start looking at doing this gun thing on the side or for a living because you're spending all your money driving back and forth. You might as well try and make some money at doing it too. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. That's a nice wife right yeah. there. Right, exactly. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Yeah. So I noticed on your website it says that you're a certified uh you're certified in Cerakote. What is the process to become factory trained and certified? Well, the process in that is is basically you have to apply through Cerakote. Um you have to send in basically a small application, tell them why you want to be a certified applicator. They will kind of research your area to make sure the the market is not saturated for cert, uh, cert, uh, certified applicators. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my time, when I was out at Shot Show right after Trump got elected, um, I was looking at something to do because uh, everybody was talking about HPA was getting ready to come through, and then I'm thinking, well, crap, everybody's gonna be selling silencers for five dollar transfer fee. I'm not. I need to find something to keep the business going. Mm-hmm. So I happened to be at Sarah Coates booth and typed in my zip code, and there was nobody in my area. So I started scrolling out, scrolling out, scrolling out, and there wasn't anybody for 150 miles. Thanks. Wow. Um, so I was like, hey, can, I'd like to become a certified applicator. They said, all right, it's about a year wait for our classes. And this is in January. Um, so I said, all right, I'll put a deposit down. So I went ahead and put a deposit down. They called me a couple months later said, hey, we had a spot open up in July if you want to come, you know, at the six-month mark as opposed to the year mark. And I jumped on it. Nice. And uh, flew out there to Oregon, took their two-day class. Went through their certification training and then uh, came home and got to work. Do you feel like it? It was good information that you couldn't find somewhere else, or is it just kind of an add-on for Cerakote? You no, know, it's it's great information because I I uh, I was under the impression that I wasn't supposed to be applicating. You know, since I applied to class, I shouldn't be a- applicating on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was mistaken there. So I went to class and they broke down a lot of the techniques, some different tricks, tips on how to do things right and cure times, blast times, uh, a lot of information that, that is not necessarily available in the little pamphlet or some of the uh, online instructions you can find. Um, it was well worth it there. It's worth it for the advertising on their website. I'm listed as a certified applicator, so I pop up. Um, easy to search. People can search me. Uh, I have an online gallery. So that that's real handy there, and they also help with referrals and stuff too. So nice. it was definitely worth going through the class. I plan on going to their advanced applicator class, but every time I think I'm going to put some money down for the advanced class, I end up buying some new equipment. <laughs> so the reason that I asked that, and I feel comfortable saying this because I've seen your work in person, is there is a lot of shitty Cerakote going on out in the universe, and yours is exceptionally well done. Like you're, You can tell bad Cerakote because of the sheen that ends up on it, mm-hmm. like people who don't know the proper temperatures to cure it and, and all that good stuff, but yours is not like that. Yours is good. What do you think the problem is with some of the people out there who don't do great Cerakote? And I'm not asking you to talk bad about any competition or anything like that. I just, we see it all the time, like just really shiny or bad or whatever. What do you think the the deal is with that? One, people don't have the proper tools to take things apart uh, properly. I have redone some stuff where a guy didn't remove the site, didn't remove the extractor. And it just looked like crap. Uh, the other one is prep. You know, they don't take the time to properly blast and degrease a product. And if you don't get the base ready to accept that Cerakote, then the, the finish will look like crap. And then there's other little things like, you know, if they don't have good, dry, clean air, they may be spraying out in their yard where bugs and stuff fly and stuff. There's a lot <laughs> of variables. 
having a proper oven that you can control the temperature to, as opposed to just using like a house oven. Yeah. Um, that is a little bit that varies in range and heat zones. It's, it's, uh, it's, those are all things that add up and then also mixing consistently. Yeah. Cause heat is like so critical, the, that, that whole process and not only how it looks, but the final sheen of it and everything, right? Yeah. That's it. And also how, how you mix your hardener. Cause with the Cerakote uh, H series, which is the most common one we use, is that's the one that gets put on a lot of firearms. There's different ratios you can mix between the hardener or, or the catalyst, what we, they call it, or the, and the regular coating itself. I mix all my stuff at 18 to 1 for the most part. That way the sheen matches across products and parts. Everything gets cured pretty much at the same temperature. That way, cause some of them will discolor if you get them too hot during the cure process. White is one of those. If you, if you cure white, 300 degrees, it's going to turn to a yellow color. So anytime I do white, I make sure to cure it to lower temperature. When you guys mentioned sheen, what is what are you talking about? A gloss, semi-gloss matte. Okay. Um, so just a, it's how, how reflective the surface is. Gotcha. So I had, when I first started uh, in the industry a few years back, I had somebody Cerakote a few guns for me, pink with some glitter in it. And okay. <laughs> like I bought glitter from Hobby Lobby and was like, can you throw this in there? You've never told me this before. And, uh, <laughs> and I felt bad for the guy because he said there was glitter everywhere all over his workstation. But what I noticed is when I got the guns back, I could just easily just like scratch it off and it was and it would come off. It was really poorly yeah. done. And so for the longest time, I never wanted any of my guns Cerakoted because I knew, well, this is what I didn't know, but this is what I was thinking, is that it just wasn't durable. Like, you take it out to the range one day, and the next thing you know, it's all scratched up, and it looks like crap. So for the longest time, I just, I didn't get anything else. It, maybe it was Duracoat. I don't remember if it was Cerakote or Duracoat, but for the longest time, I just, I didn't want anything colored. And... And then I had my unicorn AR done and that held up really well. And then when I got yours, I mean, you, there's no way you can scratch it no. off. It's, it looks really durable. Thank you. Um, and, and I think that's what happens is, is a lot of guys, I get contacted by people all the time say, Hey, can you, can you bid me this job? And so, and then I put out a bid and then I never hear them from again. I think they think, well, I know this guy down the street does it in his garage. I'll go have him do it for a fraction of cost. Yeah. And you're not getting a quality product. And so then when you don't get a product, quality product, you associate that guy's poor performance with the product. And that mm-hmm. is, that's totally wrong. Yeah. Cerakote, uh, if, if, if you go with so, that's somebody that's certified or somebody that knows what they're doing, who has studied it, has applied time and apply things properly, then, then, the, then the finish will last. Yeah, and I'll say, like, uh, my guns are tools. They are treated as such. That doesn't mean that I disrespect them and, like, throw them out of trucks and, run over them and things like that. But when I'm training, they go in the dirt. I don't care. It doesn't matter. And I've got stuff that's been Cerakoted and Duracoated, and both of them have held up fantastically. Yeah, they, they will scratch if, if pushed to the limit, but, you know, it, that's, it, it really holds up. It's a great finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Uh, sometimes I, I noticed, and I, I use a lot of Kydex, also because I'm also a competitive shooter, um, that sometimes uh, some of the different Kydexes can – be a little rough or abrasive, but then again, you're as a competitive shooter, you're in and out of the holster a lot between dry fire practice, mm-hmm. live fire practice, the house and the matches. So yeah, you're going to see some holster wear. Mm-hmm. You'll see holster wear with any finish you put on a firearm. Definitely. Um, but the Duracoat or uh, Cerakote uh, stands up really well. I my personal carry pistol is a Glock 43 that I uh, did a Cryptex style pattern on a year ago, 
it's in and out of the holster a couple times a day when I put it on, take it off. It's my everyday carry when I don't go to my full-time job. There are some spots where it's rubs on, on the Kydex on the front of the uh, crossbred holster that I'm wearing. That's about the only spot that I've seen you wear. Yeah. It, it, uh, it's, the product holds up. Definitely does. How do you come up with the designs for Cerakoting? Well, some of them I just come up with uh, inspirations. I see other people's work, and, and, I, and I don't want to sound like I, I knock off other people's designs, but there, there's a lot of that that does happen. I mean, you'll see some battle-worn design. I mean, there's one guy that came up with a battle-worn, and he's like, everybody else just started doing the same thing. Other things, I come up with ideas, like my competition shot or a rifle. Kind of when I grew up years ago, there was this old civil defense bus that used to go around during tornadoes, and I always thought the civil defense was really cool. Well, then we went through some of the different mass shootings and some of the other instances where people say, well, you need to ban the AR-15. They have no business being in civilian's hands. I was like, wait, that's my civil defense gun, dude. That's If shit hits the fan, that's what I'm going for. So then I thought, well, I'll just make this look like an old civil defense, put the old CD logo on the side. So sometimes I came up with that, put part of my address as the uh, civil defense fallout shelter number. Huh. You know, just, just ideas like that. I, I may see something to get inspiration from something. I got an idea from, uh, there's a guy that I'm doing a, uh, Rise Armament 308 long range precision rifle for. And he first saw it and he goes, man, can you, can you paint a pickle on this thing? Can you make it look like pickle, Rick? I was like, <laughs> pickle, I can try, man. It's not a problem. So I sent him some ideas and he comes back and goes, you know, I really was going to use this for deer hunting. I thought it'd be really funny to shoot a deer with a pickle. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I could, I could do a pickle, but then he's changed. He goes, oh, I want something that, you know, he's, he's pretty right. I mean, he goes, I want something that's going to be offensive. I go, I could paint it look like a wall if you want me to do that. It's like, no. So, uh, so we came up with some different ideas. So I'm going to put together like a pirate style theme with some different, uh, pro liberty, uh, quotes from, you know, the, the revolutionary war era. Put those on there. Then also maybe throw a couple of pirate symbols like Blackbeards and stuff on there. But, uh, then, you know, late last night, he sends me a text. He goes, Brondo. I want some magazines that say Brondo because deer got, are going to crave the bullets that are inside it. I was yeah, like, uh-huh. It's got what deer crave. <laughs> I go, we're going to go with this. We're going to have some fun, and I'm going to try and make something that's memorable. And uh, hopefully uh, uh, he enjoys it as much as, much as I do. Because a lot of times the customers come up with some of these ideas, and then I just try to either take their ideas and put it down or see if I can help push their ideas to something that works in Terracote. Holy shit, I want a Pickle Rick High Point now. Oh, cut it out. <laughs> like, right, how awesome would that be? Holy crap. Yeah, because it's not yeah. like you have, like, dicks on your gun I'm or anything. I'm Pickle Rick! Have you ever had, <laughs> hey, Adam, have you ever had to do a uh, dickoflage? Yeah, that was, I didn't request that shit. Okay. No, but I, I've got a friend who's who's one of, actually one of my distributors back uh, east, and uh, I did one of his shotguns. He goes, man, I want a camo shotgun. Turn turn you loose with it here. Some general ideas. I just want it for duck hunting. And so I, I did it up. And me and another dealer was like, yeah, you have to take it apart and find out where I put the penises at. Inside that thing. <laughs> and he, he broke that shotgun completely apart, scoured it top to bottom. I didn't put one on there. I wasn't <laughs> going to do that to him. But I need the more- thought of there being a cock and ball somewhere on his on his hunting shotgun. It was worth a laugh. I need more friends like you that don't actually do it, but say they did it, whereas mine say they didn't do and, it, but and they, they actually did do did it. did it everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. It's so crazy. Jerks. And it's like in rainbow colors. It's yeah, great. It's, I, I need new friends. <laughs> Adam, are you hiring yeah. new friends right now? 
Sure. Okay. Sure. You have to work for free, uh, and I have to work naked. Kind of okay. like a cartel coke operation. I got to make sure you're not smuggling. <laughs> right. Absolutely. We are talking to Adam <laughs> Balzer from Charger Arms. We're going to take a quick moment to hear from Hackett Equipment. All right. So Hackett Equipment, what do they make, Ava? Tell me in two words or less. Big Bertha. <laughs> That's, that is perfect. And Big Bertha is. I'm a, trying to think. I'm like, oh, uh, la la la, range bags. <laughs> that would have nope. also been acceptable. We're going to go with the Big Bertha. Nope. The Big Bertha range backpack Dude, is. Let's talk about the Big Bertha. Let's do it. So it's a backpack and it's pretty discreet. It doesn't look like your typical range backpack. It's a uh, really heavy duty. It holds four full size handguns. It, it has its own like little individual pouches that lock into place so they're not going to fall over the place when you move 12 pouches for ammo or anything anything you're looking for uh 15 elastic magazine holders Mm -hmm. which i was like trying to i was like okay so you have five handguns 15 magazines i like that because some of these range bags they assume like you only have like one or two magazines most people i know the first thing you do is buy more magazines yeah it's it definitely holds a lot it holds a ton and I think that's important because when I go to the range, I have a ton of stuff that I have to bring with me. I just went long range shooting and forgot like 25 different things. Yeah, exactly. So there was just really nothing I could do. But check them out. And then you could also – there's also uh, dividers. You put like targets. There's two lockable compartments. All kinds of stuff. Like I mean literally a water water bottle holder. Yeah, just yeah. just a million things. How much oh. does it cost? So it's only ninety nine ninety nine. So let's say a hundred bucks, but you actually will get ten percent off if you use the code GunFunny. All right, sounds great. Go check them out. HackettEquipment dot com is the place, and GunFunny is the code. We're back with Adam Balzer from Charger Arms. So Adam, would you say that you've seen an increase in the demand to? come up with designs that would uh, typically offend people? Um, no, I usually don't see an increase in that. Every now and then you get somebody that wants something uh, uh, a little bit more risque than the next. But for the most part, everything's pretty standard. We want camos. I want this. You know, I want uh, my sports team on the side or something along that line. Very seldom do I have anything that – I had one guy that wanted to do a, a 45 with the Trump logo, Trump 45. Um, nice. But, uh, you know, it's, I don't see a whole lot of, of, of offensive stuff. Now, there are some guys out there that do some pretty crazy work with laser engraving, and some of their skulls and death things are just wicked, and I'm sure that probably offends somebody out there, but their work just looks pretty awesome. To the point where I, I almost want to get a laser engraver and start playing with that myself. Yeah. I kind of want a laser engraver. I would laser engrave all the things. Yeah, I just have, oh, a, yes. I just have a label label thing i put my name on everything a label maker yeah (laughs) okay kermit (laughs) (laughs) i've seen somebody laser engraved steak uh san antonio laser engraving they were making some uh, they they were playing around and they i guess somebody's birthday was up and they laser engraved a bunch of stuff on top of some steaks before they grilled them so awesome wow that's dang that's kind of cool yeah there's probably not cancer in that at all i know i was just thinking that (laughs) (laughs) Let's vaporize some meat and uh, enjoy enjoy the carcinogens. Inhale, uh, inhale it and work, dude. Yeah. Although I'm telling you, if I had a laser engraver, in fact, I'm going to drive over to my friend Nick's place. He's got a laser laser engraver, and I'm going to laser engrave food. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, let's start with a hot dog first. Yes, <laughs> perfect. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> See if it blows up like in the microwave. So, Adam, I've got a question. No. We, we, we talked a little bit about the, the quality of stuff. But when you look at uh, other Cerakote work out there in the, in the industry as a consumer like us who don't do it, what should we look for? Like what are the key factors, the key things that we should look for when we pick someone who's going to Cerakote for us? Well, if, if you're looking at their gallery on on either their Instagram or, or on the Cerakote website or any of their social media stuff where they share pictures, look and see if they took the time to remove sides from pistols. Make sure it looks like they, you know, completely disassembled an AR-15. I've seen pictures where guys look like they just sprayed the Cerakote over the top of with with everything with the pins in it. You know, you can if you start looking for stuff like that, you'll start seeing it. If you see a, a rough finish, maybe it looks like orange peel or or something that may look like it's a little gritty or gr- abrasive. That's called dry spray. So what they didn't get enough product on, and it, it just came out and it was starting to dry. By the time it hits the part, it will give a rough finish. Uh, that's something to look forward to and tell us if they they take the time to do the job right. Hmm. So, that, and if you see brush marks, uh, if they use the paintbrush, yeah, you definitely don't want to use them. Yeah, for that sure. actually reminds me. Do you remember it was a few years back when I bought a Glock forty three and it was the uh, it had hundred dollar bills on it. <laughs> yeah, and it was horrible. I, it was hydro dipped. Yeah, and they didn't. They literally dipped it with like the sights on it. Everything. Yeah. It was like disgusting. They took a Glock forty three. They didn't disassemble it. They just took the Glock forty three, and it was from like one of the big retailers or it was the a distributor. Wholesale. Distributors. Yeah, they just hydro dipped the entire Glock, just like hydro dipped uh, it, and then cut. And that's. Go ahead. Oh no, and then and then just cut on the slide. Yeah, and you could literally see the razor mark where they had just cut the slide so that it would move freely without tearing. Yeah, it was horrible. I ended up. I mean, I I told them like you guys are going to take this back. <laughs> It was bad. But a lot yeah, of these distributors. There, there, there's a lot of folks out there that just don't take the time to do stuff right. And it, it's bad with a Glock because, what, for $15, you can have the proper tools to take the thing apart? Yeah. yeah. If even. I know. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like you could. Yeah, you're right. Like, it doesn't take, it doesn't require that many tools at all. But with a lot of these distributors, they just, they, you know, they get these, whoever bids the cheapest, all right, you got the job. And. Yeah. It was bad, bad. Yeah. I mean, I had, I did not feel bad about returning that. Yeah, I've I've had some uh, local stores here. Um, I've seen my stuff at the gun show, and they're like, "What? You did this? We, we sell them already Cerakoted. and you look at theirs, and you can tell that the the time and effort was not in in the work. Mm-hmm. So if have, somebody uses a lot of black to cover up like an American flag, mm-hmm. it's, they're covering up mistakes. Uh oh, that makes sense. They're like, "Oh, it's battle worn." I'm like, "No, you suck." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, now some of it works great. I mean, it, it, you, you antique it. You're trying to just but if if it's a lot more black showing through than the red, white, and blue, you want to find somebody else. Makes sense. Have you ever received? And that's my opinion. Have you ever Go received ahead. any unreasonable requests? No, not yet. I'm sure at some point in time I will, but I have not had an unreasonable request yet. Huh. So nothing that so, you can't. But we do. got a, we got a, we got a project that I'm working on with some lady with unicorns on a handguard. And is she a pain uh, in the ass? Oh God, don't even get me started. She probably every day she's like, hello. I changed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so oh, I was no, thinking no. instead of this color, hey. I had a dream last night and it came to me and now I want to use these five other colors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let me place another order. <laughs> uh, that sounds legit. That sounds like somebody I know. <laughs> uh, no. No, and, and, and it's, uh, I usually will contact a customer, especially if they've, they've changed their mind once or twice in the process before I code. I was like, hey, all right, it's going in the oven tonight. 
are we good with the design? Yes, we're good. So we don't have any problems that way. And I haven't had anybody upset yet. I know at some point in time there's going to be somebody who's like, no, I'm really not happy with this. But I give them, I say, hey, if you're not happy with the, the first result, I do it again free. Give, send it back to me. We'll hit it one more time. See if that, that helps. If not, then, then I'll help you find somebody that can then make your dreams come true. And I haven't had to uh, use that yet. So Good. I like it, man. I'll make, I'll make sure when things go out that they're done right. So, Adam, you sell suppressors. Describe to yep. us the process of, of purchasing a suppressor. Obviously, you're way more well-versed in this than, than most people who are out there. Uh, like me, like I, I basically understand the concept, but kind of just run us through the process to buy a suppressor. The easiest way to purchase a suppressor, and this is the God honest truth, is to call me and I do everything for the customer. But uh, <laughs> besides that, so to purchase a suppressor, you have to do what they a call, fill out a form for, or apply for a tax stamp for the suppressor. And that's a $200 tax to the, to the ATF, basically for them to permission for you to own a firearm. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to find a local dealer uh, of your state to do the form for. They have to have that item in stock or have the serial number for that item. You'll complete a form for, um, whether it's an individual or trust. If a trust, there's more paperwork involved. But say we'll just go with the individual route first. Individual, you put it basically your basic information, your address, your full spelling of your name, answer some questions whether you're a felon, just like you would on a 4473. Sign it. We do those forms in duplicate. There's photographs attached to those forms. And then two fingerprint cards per serialized item. So two fingerprint cards per suppressor. You put all that stuff together in a packet, the $200 check uh, to the ATF. We put it in the mail. It goes off to Atlanta to start the processing. So then after eight months, hopefully they send you back an approved form with a stamp attached to it with a serial number on it. And then you go through the process of filling out a 4473, which is the normal gun purchase form, to finally finish the transfer to you uh, of your suppressor. And how long? Was that convoluted enough for you? No, I mean, it was was an excellent description of a horrible process. Yeah. Yes. And how long does it normally take? Right now, I'm seeing the turnaround time in the eight-month range. I've got a couple guys that are out a little bit longer. Uh, One of them is in a trust. Uh, And right now, during the Obama administration, they changed the way the the trusts are handled. Before trusts, basically, you just put the trust information on a Form 4. There's no fingerprints, no photographs required. No law enforcement signature required. You sent the things in. They ran the trust information, copy the trust, send back an approved stamp. Then anybody on the trust can come pick up the suppressor as long as they're a resident of that state. So then they changed it to where everybody on the trust, because they were worried that all these horrible felons were were getting suppressors by going through a trust, which if the trusts were built where they're supposed to be built, then you cannot be in possession of the item because it's NFA trust. But that's a different debate. Mm-hmm. But anyway... So now, if, if you say I have a trust with three people on it, all three people have to fill out what they call a responsible party questionnaire, and those will have fingerprints associated with it as well as photographs. So it's just like an, an additional set of forms to the Form 4, and it also lists all the people that are on the trust on the Form 4. Jeez, hmm. so, Interesting. so I, annoying. I know. I actually was under the impression that it was better to have a trust, and I know it that— It used to be. I know that everyone was and, scrambling and it, to do so. It still can be really advantaged. There's, there's there's a lot of advantages to using a trust because you can add and subtract members. If you have a good trust, if you don't have one of those fifty nine dollar do it yourself trusts, mm-hmm. uh, you can you can add and remove trustees if needed be. Say, my sister gets married and her 
future husband uh, really likes guns. And, you know, me and my brother have a trust and there's some, say, machine guns and silencers in there and we want to share these with him. You know, we can add this person to the trust without having to worry about transferring something illegally to them. So that's, there's, there's still quite a few advantages to using a trust. The old advantages of have no background checks, no fingerprints, fast forms, those days are gone. So there's a lot of folks that I have that sell to, things to that have a lot of stuff in trusts, but now just file individually because they're single dudes and they're really not worried about going and tracking down a bunch of people for fingerprints. Yeah, kind of a pain. So I know that this process kind of sucks and like, God, just the thought of tra- having to go figure out where to get fingerprinted and all that stuff. But Ava was mentioning that, uh, didn't you tell me there was some other thing that he was just talking about on social media? What was that? Yeah, so you just got like some sort of fingerprinting service. That's correct. So I decided to finally pull the trigger on purchasing a live scan system. So what I can do is I can actually capture a client fingerprint whether I be at a gun show, at the store, or any other kind of event, I could just load up my laptop. It's a encrypted laptop. It's got a scanner system. I can store the customer's fingerprints. So now I've got their information on file. So if they want a suppressor, all they got to do is say, hey, I, I want this uh, energetic arms box. You have some? Yeah. So, boom. I can print the forms. I can add the photographs to the forms at my house because I build uh, customer databases, print the forms out, have them docu-sign them electronically so they don't have to physically show up to my location. Mm. Docu-sign them electronically, print them off. I can drop them in the mail. I'll be able to print off their fingerprints so they don't have to worry about trying to find a time at the local sheriff during their work day to get their fingerprints rolled. And then I've got them on file. That way I can just print them at any time they want to. Also, I can use that service, same service. I can generate the form ones for customers. So if they have uh, an AR pistol they want to turn into an SBR, well, then I can help them with that process. I can generate the form one, put the information on it, also do the DocuSign, put it in the mail form. Fingerprints will be able to print it off so they don't have to really do anything until that stamp shows up at their location and then engrave their information on the side of their lower. How long, how long are the fingerprints good for in the system? The fingerprints should be good unless there's like a major life change like you go crazy with the table saw and lose a couple digits, then we'll have to get some stuff repaired. But uh, the fingerprint should be good for for quite a while. Huh. Just kind of I can cap- I can capture the customer signatures when we do the fingerprints too, so that way the, the, the fingerprint cards also have to be signed. And the my DocuSign software does not work with my fingerprint software, so I have to keep basically two sig- signatures. So. Thank. Pretty, pretty crazy, man. It's, it's amazing how this, uh, government bureaucracy, like, creates these processes that are just so crazy. And it's awesome that you provide that service, cause I know the first suppressor I bought, it was, it was kind of a pain in the ass. And then, uh, and then I was like, I'm gonna get a trust and avoided a lot of the nonsense. But yeah, it's like now, I don't even know. I, I've got four suppressors that I need to go fill the paperwork out on right now. And I'm like, should I just put them on the trust? But yeah, it's, it's a process. Well, and, 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 and I, I like providing the service to my customers. I had a, had a guy stop by in the shop here uh, just this week, pick up some muzzle brakes, and he picked up a suppressor during the Silence Co. Uh, summer kickoff program at another dealer. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, man, I really feel bad because I didn't call you, but it was like the last day. I'm like, I'm not worried about it. And so I started telling him about the, the, the process. I go, he goes, this guy just sent me out the door with half these forms filled out in the fingerprint card. Mm-hmm. And he made me go finish everything. I go, yeah. That don't happen here. Yeah, I'm telling you. All you got to do is call me. We'll get you set up. Call me. And if you want something, we make it happen. 
So I'm not going to send customers out the door with incomplete forms. In fact, if, if I can avoid even sending out the doors with forms at all and just take care of the mailing myself, I'll do it. Makes a lot of sense, man. It's a, it's a crappy process and it's good to have people out there that are knowledgeable and can guide us through it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've had a couple guys that were, well, one gentleman here this year, he ordered a couple of suppressors from a company up in South Dakota, I believe, and they sent them to me, and uh, he had a trust, and 70 years old, and so I rolled his fingerprints. I'm, I'm doing wet fingerprints right now until the, the system is live, uh, but I, was roll, I rolled his fingerprints wet, and it was, you know, I, I made sure that a lot of these customers, you know, especially on the first-time purchases, it's 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 a scary process if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Cause the result of screwing up is federal prison. <laughs> well, no, it's, 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 it's like you get a, a form back eight months later saying, yeah, you screwed up a form, oh, here's yeah. $200 back. You still don't get your suppressor yet. I know. And, and that's just really disheartening on that. And that's, I've, I had a, I have, I have had a recent one where they said, oh yeah, this, this is denied because you didn't send out the right form. And so I had to end up calling the, uh, the lady was in charge of the examiner. It's like, listen, this, this is going to another gun dealer. It's, there's no additional forms. And they're like, oh yeah, we screwed up. Oh God. So, wow. Oh, gotta love the government. I know. Gotta love yeah. the government. Well, <clears throat> they're trying, uh, and it's a very antiquated system. It's all paper. I know. It's not digital at all. Now I can't add the barcodes to the forms now, so it kind of helps the process along, but I don't know if it's speeding it up that much yet. Yeah, it looked like it, there was a little bit of a burst kind of when it first came out, but now those, the numbers have equalized and they're back up in that same uh, annoying eight to twelve month area. Yeah, and and I and I think the Silence Co. rush they had this summer with this this crazy sale they had. I think it's also going to increase the wait times just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it. I do have another question before we wrap it up. Just this is a real quick one. What are you? What's your Walter fa- brief? Uh, <laughs> okay, that oh, I've got one more question. What are your favorite uh, suppressors right now? Like, favorite company to work with, favorite suppressors out there? I like Dead Air, Dead Air Armament. Uh, Mike Poffitt, who's familiar with him, he started Sanchico, uh, and then went and found the found of Dead Air. I like their stuff. I like the Energetic Arms uh, stuff. The Nix and the Nix Mod 2, their 22 cans, their titanium cans are great. They just came out with a box. 30 caliber suppressor. I finally got a demo one in to start trying. I've, I've ran it a little bit on my 223, but I haven't ran it on, on any 30 caliber stuff yet. I'm very impressed with that one as well. Um, it has wipes that you can use on the end with your subsonic 300 blackout ammo, which is crazy. You know, usually you associate wipes with like a, a pistol caliber center fire pistol can. Rugged design. That's another great one. If you're not familiar with rugged, they, they're, they are exactly what their name entails is. They are built really strong. They're belt-fed, rated. They are very well made. I actually had a baffle strike with a rugged suppressor this winter, and there's a picture of it on my Instagram. I had it on my 6.8 AR. I had their uh, surge on there. Mm-hmm. Saw a, a feral. I live out in the county, so we had problems with uh, some of my wife's chickens disappearing, and then there was a there was a some feral animals that were out. I was like, oh, it's time to get one. Well, I didn't have, I usually have that rifle ready because it's all the same one I deer hunt with. Mm-hmm. Didn't have it ready, so I, I run, I'm throwing the suppressor on, and I thought I had it cranked on tight, pulled up. I was still standing inside the house, you know, m- muzzle and barrel and, and rifle was outside the door and pulled the trigger, and it sounded, I thought I shattered the, the sliding glass door. <laughs> uh, and what it was was it shot that suppressor 
a good 25 yards off the end of the gun. Um, but but did was, you get like, the it was animal? completely on me. I did not have it secured to the mount. So I called Rugged and said, hey, this is one of my demo cans I bought through your program. How much is it going to cost me to fix this? This was my fault. They said, it's not going to cost you a thing. I said, yeah, I realize that. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a dealer. I got this at a, at a demo price to demonstrate this thing. I want to pay for this. They go, yeah, we'll fix it for free. Dang, that's pretty awesome. So they sent it down, a tur- like a two-week turnaround, and they gave me a new mount that said, well, we'll just go ahead and give you a new mount to ensure that the mount that was just take that mount that, that this one flew off and throw it in the trash, just in case it might have been damaged in the in the accident. So wow. pretty cool. Um, also, that animal, yeah, yeah, awesome. That animal died from blunt force trauma instead of uh, a bullet <laughs> wound. <laughs> I, I, it, pro- it probably it probably died from uh, its uh, lower intestines shooting out of its ass because it got scared <laughs> from the explosion. <laughs> Because it was gone. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> there was no blood. It, there was no. There was no blood. So, uh, <laughs> love it. <laughs> so, I haven't seen that bastard around, so I'm sure it died from a heart attack. Hopefully. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, we we had chickens dying left and right. So I uh, I've got night vision now. I've got I'm giving myself an IR laser. We're gonna we're gonna be serious this winter. <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah, yeah. So Adam, so what it's, do you? It's going down in the chicken coop. So, Adam, what do you have planned for the future? Uh, well, I got lunch here in a little bit. But, oh, uh, no, and the future is... Uh, what, what are you having? Is I'm going to try <laughs> probably just some hamburger meat. <laughs> I'm kind of on this oh, carnivore yeah. diet where I'm eating nothing but steak and meat, and it's awesome. That's right, because so, we yeah. met you when you came to Colorado yeah. and you had a steak. Can it, He's uh, all, hold the veggies, please. I'll just have steak. Thank you very much. <laughs> right. Just yeah. put meat on a plate. It's great. Yeah, and I wasn't carnivore at that point in time. I was just kind of, and, and you're going to hear that same, you know, there's two people that work out, you know, there's people that do CrossFit, and there's, there's people that tell you they do CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm one of those guys right now that's been doing the uh, the, the low-carb, high-fat, high-protein diets for a little bit, and I've dropped over 40 pounds, so I'm kind of happy about that. But then I thought, oh, there's this guy that's got an excuse to eat ribeyes every damn day. I'm going to go with that diet. <laughs> I like it, man. <laughs> so what, what's, yeah, after, you, what, what's, after, what's after lunch? What's after lunch? Actually, I'm, I'm going to uh, take make delivery of those 52 uppers I had coated. Um, I've got uh, some more rifles and uh, some guns to get coated here in the next week or so. Um, I got to start prepping for a gun show coming up. You know, I got to get some things coated for myself so I have something to display and sell. So things are going good. Um, looked at possibly in the in the next year or two expanding again. I built a shop this winter to do my coating and my wife goes, you should have built the thing bigger. I'm like, yeah, I know, but I didn't think I'd be growing like this, but, uh, but definitely, uh, just keep, keep the business going. And that's, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, there was times when I thought that, uh, I might hang up my license, but, uh, not now it's, it's been enjoyable. Very cool, man. That's awesome. And then where can listeners find you? Well, they can find me on Instagram at charger underscore arms, uh, Facebook charger arms at my website, chargerarms.com. They can find me on the Cerakote website. Just do an applicator search. They can type charger arms or Kansas. I should pop up. I'm actually currently listed as like the preferred uh, applicator in the area because I post enough pictures of my work on there. And then my clients give me feedback and which is, which is really good. I don't have, I don't have a whole lot of negative feedback, which is. It's great. If I get negative feedback, it's just because somebody personally hates me. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So can you hang out with us for a little bit? Sure. What are we going to do? We're going to go. Well, first, we're going to talk about Matador Arms, and then we're going to make a prank call. Awesome. 
All right. So Matador Arms, I just recently added their flare stack to one of my ARs. Yeah, we were we, uh, we were looking at one of the things you had on, and I was like, that thing is really stupid. We it should was get rid so of it. ugly. You yeah. actually gave it to me, so I don't know where you got it from. Well, but how else am I going to get rid of my trash? Yeah. Okay. Well, I got rid of your trash, and no, you uh, gave it back to me, so now I got my trash back. <laughs> well, I got rid of it, so I replaced it with a flare stack. Yeah, and I haven't shot it yet, but I had either the option of the flare stack or the was it the stinger, the flare stack or the hammerhead. Okay, yeah, you're right. The hammerhead uh, went with the flare stack because it was a little bit lighter. But I am going to actually change them out and just kind of play around with both of those to see how they, which one I like best. Yeah, flare stack's kind of cool because it is it's a hybrid, which means that it's a flash dissipator and a compensator all in one. It is a hybrid. It's the like the flash hider and the compensator kind of all in one. It's got the flash hider kind of at the tip. I have not shot this one yet. I haven't seen it shot, but I'm definitely interested in this because I I like all that stuff. Uh, one of the ways that I roll is with a flash hider and then I use a, a bigger compensator that's quick to attach on the top of that. But anytime I can replace things, replace complexity with one simple item, that's a good thing to me. Absolutely. And we're actually going to go shooting this week. So we'll try it out and we'll let you guys know. Right now it's on their website for $45.99. I, w- I want to pay less. Yeah, you're going to pay less. If you use the code GUNFUNNY10, that gets you 10% off. Very, very awesome. And they also sponsor our prank call segment, which is awesome. And any setup for this one today, or are we just going to play it? Yeah, let's just play it. But, well, I do want to say that I grew up with a grandpa who had a label maker, <laughs> and he put his name on everything. Yeah. And uh, Was it one of those cool ones that, like, would push the letter through the bottom side? I don't even remember. I just remember the labels with his name, Kermit. Um, I won't say the last name, but his first name was Kermit. So, I was like, well, it's a so, bad strategy. Yeah, enough said. Kermit. Kermit on everything. <laughs> so, yeah, he he. Uh, I would like to dedicate this prank call to him. Why are there so many songs <laughs> about rainbows? <laughs> it's time for Prank Calls with Malcolm and Gertrude. Can I help you? Hi, do you guys have some lockers that I can rent there? Some what? I'm sorry? Uh, some lockers, you know, stuff that you can put your, your stuff in, your guns. Oh, lockers. No, we, we actually do not have lockers for rent. Well, how am I supposed to exercise my Second Amendment rights? As far as what? Okay, so the problem is, is my husband, he likes to steal everything. And I bought this label maker and I put my name on everything, but he still steals it. And I just, I don't want him to steal my gun. Have you thought about buying a gun safe? Well. For your, for your home? The problem is, is I just, you know, I need it for, uh, you know, for quick access. Um, and, and I, I wouldn't even put it past him to steal the safe, honestly. Um, let me, okay, wait, actually, is it a felony to steal a gun? Yes, it is. Oh, perfect. Okay, well, maybe the trash will take itself out then. <laughs> well, yeah, you never know. I mean, there's, you know, there's lock boxes that you can buy um, that aren't terribly expensive. You, do, I'm assuming you just have a handgun, correct? Uh huh. Correct. Okay, so you can get. Uh, we've got a lock box that'll actually, you can put it in a dresser drawer, or you can actually you know, screw it to the floor of your house or put it on your wall or whatever you want. Um, and there, 
I mean, without tools, they're not going to just get it off. Um, and it, you know, keeps the, the, the gun locked up. I mean, unless you have the key or the combination, whichever one it takes, they're not going to get in. So. Okay. Well, I think he would still steal it. I mean, he's like a kleptomaniac and a, uh, an infomaniac. Is there any way that I could keep my box at the range? No, there there isn't. There's some there's some loopholes in in the ATF laws where if we rent lockers, then the customer has to have their they can't be accessible by us. The customer has to provide their own lock. The lock has to be of a specific kind. Um, and we decided a we don't have the room for it. Um, and the lockers are, are so cost prohibitive to buy because they, of course, they have to be heavy duty. Um, you know, I mean, there you're talking about, well, four or $5,000 to get enough storage for like 24 guns. So it's, it's kind of, kind of cost prohibitive for us and we just don't have that kind of space. Um, I mean, you can, if it's that bad, you can take your gun to the police department and they will secure it for you. However, it's not going to be a check it in, check it out on a daily basis thing. So maybe what I'll do is I'll just, uh, I'll put my name on it, my husband will steal it, and then I'll just call 911. Oh, if he steals a gun and you call 911, yes, they, he's not going to be a happy guy when they get a hold of it. Okay, perfect. Then I got the perfect plan. Thank you so much. You've been very helpful. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> well. <laughs> he didn't even oh, care. Sorry, I, I, I tried to control my laughter on that one because... Uh, um, I'm probably the only one that heard, you know, you complain about being a uh, nymphomaniac. I know, he didn't even catch on. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was laughing. He did, it, like, not even, didn't flinch. He's a cop. I was like, why, what? Oh, you lobbed the softball in there for him. <laughs> oh, dang. Well, uh, let us know how the plan works out, Ava. Uh, it's Gartrode. Oh, yeah, my bad. <laughs> Gertrude so. just became single. What up? <laughs> She's DTF. What did yeah. I say? Down yeah. to my down. husband's in jail for stealing my shit. <laughs> down to fling herself Call into me. oncoming traffic. Uh huh. <laughs> All right, good stuff. Uh, hey, uh, there's this company. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're called Polymer Eighty. I've heard of them. Me too. Right now, actually, we're working on a Polymer Eighty. We are. Yeah. Well, actually, we're both working on the exact same gun. You know why? Why? Because you always have to copy me. Uh, mine's af- already halfway done. Yours isn't even started. But yeah. That's really however, funny. However, you got to tell your story. That's funny. How is yours halfway done? I feel like ours is... I've already done my frame. Uh-huh. My so barrel is already ordered. I've got the slide. I've got the sights on the slide. I've got the trigger and uh, most of the lower frame parts in. That's... Yeah. So you said you just already contradicted yourself. You're like, I got the frame done. And then you're like, most of my lower parts are uh, in. When I said the frame done, I meant that I've already just grinded, grinded off the tabs and drilled the holes. Whatever. Other than the sites, you might have me be a little bit. Yeah, which means that you are the follower. I am the innovator. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we should do a. Oh, we should we should have like the listeners vote to see whose gun looks better. Okay, that's fine. Which I'm gonna win. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right. So right now we are working on the PF nine forty C. Yes. So the compact, which is essentially the in Glock terms, the 19. And I'm pretty excited about this. I got this slide that has... It, it's a pretty cool slide. Yeah, it's milled out, and I'm going to do a gold barrel. The colors I'm doing are black, gold, and red, so it's going to be pretty pimp. Mm, 
I don't know. It'll be okay. Uh, black, gold, and red. <laughs> it's just too many colors all in one. Oh, okay. What are you doing? Just black? Just black. Okay. That's boring. Bla- hey, black guns matter. Okay. <laughs> so if you guys are thinking about doing a Polymer 80 build, for one, show us once you guys finish. We've had a lot of listeners show us their finished product. And man, you guys are making <laughs> some really cool stuff out there. But also just know that you're not going to pay full price because anything that you see on Polymer80.com, you get for 10% off when you use the code GUNFUNNY. Very cool. Make them. They're fun. And uh, it is time to talk about some gear chat, I think. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. So we're always building stuff. Um, One of the things that I was thinking is, you know, the average person, like let's say they're going to make, you know, they're going to put together an AR or something. I don't think the average person realizes the tools necessary, you know, in order to make, to put something like this together. It's not really a matter of just ordering the parts, but there's a lot of tools that you need in order to put this gun together. Yes, yes and no. And I think that there's, so there's tools that make your life hella easier, but they're not required. I mean, you could basically put an AR together with a set of pliers, really, if you want to get down to it and a screwdriver. But there's a lot of stuff that really makes it easier, leaves less scratches and dings and, and horrible finish things on, on your AR. So first, I think we should talk about what are the absolute minimum tools that you need to assemble an AR-15. And Adam, you can get in on this too. So for me, I think, let's see, I'm going to need a hammer, a couple punches, a screwdriver, and a wrench or some kind of pliers because you got the barrel nut and then you got the muzzle device that you'll need for that stuff and then the castle nut as well. If you're clever and, and uh, good with your hands, you can figure out a lot of a lot of ways to do these different things. But I think that, you know, just some kind of wrench, a hammer, a punch, and some Allen keys. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, yeah, you're pretty much spot on with that. So the I've seen people try to use nails for, for roll film punches before. Yeah. Yeah, so not, don't go that route. Uh, but, yeah, punches are not that expensive. So a decent set of small punches, and they have uh, specific sets just for ARs that you can get from some various the online places. I get a lot of my stuff from Brownells. I don't know where you guys get your stuff from. But, uh, yeah, you can get the punches and a hammer. You can get a lot done. Uh, the multi-tools are, are very valuable, too. Like what? A lot of those different, like the, your spanners will have, uh, say, like either the, the Magpul or just the regular old-style Multi-tool have a lot of the, have the carving castle nut spanner on the backside. It's got the, the handguard, um, barrel nut on it as well. Mm-hmm. And even, uh, a cutout for a flash hider. Yeah. So let's now talk about some, some tools that make the job actually easier. For me, the one that changed my life the most. Tape. Roll pin starters. <laughs> I, I use a lot of tape too. I know. I'm like, because remember the first day that you helped me with and you put scratches everywhere all over it and I was so mad. Yeah. Well, for me, I like, I don't give a shit. I'm, but I I'm do. Like, I know. I know. And I take care of my stuff. So now I put like 17 layers of tape on everything that I work on. <laughs> but roll pin punches for me were the one that I was like, what? Why didn't I know about these? Yeah. Roll pin starter punches are great. I've got a uh, specialty tool a friend made for me years ago that helps put in the uh, the pivot pin 
detents. You know, the one that usually shoots out and takes out your eyeball. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So basically, it's, it's it's a brass pin the same size as, as the pivot <laughs> pin, and it has a small hole drilled in the end of it. So it just slides in. You drop your spring and your and your detent in, then take a small punch or a small Allen wrench, press the detent down, rotate it uh, ninety degrees, and then just slide it across. And you can slide your pivot pin in without shooting the pin up in your face. Yeah. Uh, before I had that, I used a feeler gauge, which came in really handy as well, too. So I used the razor blade method. So I put the, the yeah. spring in detent and press it down with a razor blade, which usually ends up in it shooting into the ceiling. And then I spend 10 minutes looking for it. And then the second time, I usually get it right. But I will say... Can I? Can we just talk about what happened the other night? That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> I was wondering. I, I was like, what the fuck is she laughing, laughing about? <laughs> so remember the other night, um, I forget. Maybe we were. Maybe it was that little detent. And so it sprung up, fell on the floor. And we're working on this like workbench that has these drawers. And, and it was oh, kind of yeah. dark in the room. And so I grabbed a flashlight out of the out of the drawer and for some reason, your face was like... So, yeah, like, so the drawer was open, and I was under the workbench looking for the thing, but I had, like, just lifted my head up <laughs> into the space left by the drawer opening because I was, like, <laughs> hand me the flashlight or whatever. And it was at that moment that she decided to close the drawer and crush my head in there. <laughs> and this is apparently very hilarious to her. Oh, uh, it was. So real avid, they actually make a tool like you were just describing, Adam. It it is that that it's a tool to do exactly what you just said with that with that pivot pin and to get that spring that detent in there. It's actually really super simple. I saw them demonstrate it, but I couldn't probably describe the process. But it's just basically like you drop the pieces into the tool, affix the tool to the to the part of the lower receiver, and then just turn a knob, like push a thing, and and it's done. Yeah, I have to check it out because that's always one of those tools that I've loaned out multiple times, and it's it's taken a while sometimes for it to show back up. So, um, surprised it does show really, back up. <laughs> I, yeah, well, <laughs> I got baseball back. but anyway, um, I, I got familiar with them a couple of years ago at a zombie shoot up in Nebraska, the Hornady match. Uh-huh. Uh, they had a, a multi-tool and some uh, different cleaning products for for the AR that was really impressive. So. Yeah, I totally agree. I've actually I've been working with them. They're actually sending uh, a ton of pretty much everything they make to outfit the studios here. So we'll be doing a lot of stuff with them and their tools and cleaning stuff and all that stuff coming up real soon. Yeah, I think my my mat currently is one of theirs. It has a little magnet tray on the side. Yep. It comes in real handy with little screws and pins and springs. Yeah, I totally agree. They're awesome. Vice blocks for your receivers. Those are super handy. Uh, they are uh, reaction rods are well as well. Uh-huh. Um, I've I've got a couple different styles of the vice box. It's got the the magpole and I've got the clamshell one from Brownell that fits over. But mm-hmm. I don't use that one a whole lot anymore because I don't want to risk scratching the Cerakote. I know it probably won't. Yeah. But it's just one of those things when I'm finally putting the thing back together, it won't work. And then a lot of times you get somebody that's got like a forged upper that's got some crazy ejection uh, port deflector or something uh-huh. that's different, and it won't necessarily fit on those. Yep, happens all standard, the time. Standard standard ARs that works great. So. Yep, the lower receiver vice block is uh, is handy. Goes in the magwell. Use that a lot. But yeah, tape. I I use a lot of tape these days, just mm-hmm. so I don't scratch. Yeah, the, the painter the painter's tape, so yeah. you don't scratch up the side of your receiver when you're <laughs> yeah. driving in your uh, mag catch. Yep, exactly. Or okay. your bolt catch. Yeah. Bolt catch. Yep, that's the one right there. Yeah. Uh, I helped a guy put together one years ago, and I was like, all right, we'll put some tape down. And he, I just started hearing him start hitting shit. And there's brass. He was using a brass hammer, and it was brass all up and down the side of his receiver is like, well, I guess you got that new battle-worn look. Yep, exactly. 
he didn't care. I was like, all right, just caveman that thing. <laughs> Is there any other tools that, that make everything you do easier? Yeah, you know, I've gotten to kind of be like a little, if I need a tool, I buy it now. I don't hesitate because I know it's going to make my life easier on the Cerakote stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently did a Knight's Armament Rifle. And if, if you guys ever mess with Knight's Armament, you know, they're, they're a primo rifle. Customer brought it in, but yeah, I'll do this thing. I get it, start taking it apart, and I realize it takes a proprietary barrel nut wrench. Oh, yeah. That is basically a long piece of tubing that has like four cogs on one end, and it's got the, uh, basically it looks like they welded a, uh, existing barrel nut on the end, so your, your multi-tool wrench would fit on it. And Knight's Armament wants close to $400 for that thing. Uh, I did find a company that made a clone of it, mm-hmm. um, out of hardened steel for a hundred bucks, and I didn't hesitate to buy an now button. And it was worth worth the money. So, sight pushers, I find that breaking down and instead of trying to buy those universal jobs, that supposedly can push out XD sights. Yeah, I just got the I got went ahead and got the sight pro tool, and I order the shoes in as I get a different style weapon that needs to be circuited. Dang, yeah, I so, think that's a good one. And I don't take sights off or on. I usually actually take them over to my buddy and have him do them because he's got the tools. But yeah, they're a pain in the butt, especially MMP sights too. They're awful. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and I've had, I ran into some 1911s too that, uh, were just, they were on tight. Cause usually I figure those come off fairly easy, but I've had some of those that it's just, they were fitted tight and it took everything. I, I, I didn't like put a cheater bar on it, but it took everything that I could do to turn my hand to get it to come off and double and triple check, make sure I'm coming off the right direction. But, uh, that, that's handy. But I also have got some of those plastic blocks with the holes drilled in them so pins can fall through. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, those are great to keep you from losing pins. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, those are a couple bucks. They're worth it, especially like on AR lowers when you're putting together the uh, the uh, trigger guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I used to use just like a little block of wood and set it on there, but now I use that that block, and it makes it a lot easier. I don't have to worry about breaking off one little leg so I'm driving that pin in. So mm-hmm. it's my, my workbench is scattered with tools. Ours too. Yep. All right. So yeah, And then go ahead. I was just going to say, I have one last question. Is there a tool that exists that actually makes the gas block placement more simple and easy? Like like drilling the holes or just replacing it and taking it on and off? Just putting it on and off because you have to basically make sure that the inside hole on the gas block, which is bigger, so I get that, but you have to make sure that it's journaled correctly off the off the barrel and all that stuff. Yeah, you know, uh, SLR Rifle Works, they've got a jig for dimpling. So if you're like... It makes it really handy, especially if your uh, gas block has got the holes underneath where you put the set screws. So if the the top hole lines in the gas block hole, then you can like use it to kind of like cut your barrel a little bit to dimple it, mm-hmm. and then that will help you line that that up. Other than that, what I use a lot of times is a straight edge. I just kind of mark with a magic marker or something that will line up to where I know I need that gas tube to be over, mm-hmm. and then I just make sure that that thing is is flat and square into my vise. I, you know, you can put a little level on top of you, just a little uh, torpedo level, put up on top, make sure it's flat and square, and then just kind of line up your gas tube, make sure it's flat and square. Then you know if, if it's in right, if, if you can flip it over and look inside, make sure the tube is you know, equally spaced um, around where your carrier key is going to go. I like it, man. So if anyone listening has any ideas or ways to make their lives easier with AR tools or just any kind of gunsmithing tools, stuff that you found that you couldn't live without, Leave us a review in either iTunes or Facebook mentioning those tools, and we'll we'll definitely put them together and, and share that and talk about it as well. So, uh, yeah, AR tools. I like it. Ava, it is time to actually talk about those reviews. Let's do it. That's why I use that music. That's so cool. Yeah. So who's going to read the re- reviews today? Is that even a question? 
Can you just start reading? Ice Wolf 77 says five stars. No free stuff, please. Wait, what? Uh, the phone calls are weak. Either do it or don't. Ouch. Look up old Howard Stern terrestrial radio episodes for guidance. Cool show overall. Thank you for your effort. I like hearing that about Ava sneaking the dog in as a baby. Haha. I thought my wife and I were the only ones that did that. Um, thank you. Yeah. That, that was like a, a, a what do they call that? Uh, cri- criticism sandwich. It's like good stuff, bad stuff, good stuff. Well, it was mostly, it was like bad, bad, okay, okay, good. LOL. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, five stars. That's all that matters. So exactly. thank you, Ice Wolf. And, uh, and don't worry, we're not going to send you any free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we might. You never know. <laughs> we should just, we should. We appreciate the review. Hey, hey guess what? You're the winner. You get like a million dollars. Whoa. What? Not a million. No, that's not, none I, of that is true. Okay, it, first of all, Monopoly dollars. Oh. That even that would be so expensive. That's true. Yeah. Do you have any? No. No, we'd have to buy some monopoly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't win anything. Yeah. Forget it. No M- prizes. Mr. Roden, five stars. Hilarious and insightful. Favorite new podcast. The hosts bring in a new guest every week and discuss a wide range of firearms related topics. Been done before? Nope. Not like this. It hasn't. The show is kept lighthearted and funny throughout the banter with hilarious hijinks between the co-hosts. Both Ava and Sean are certified firearms instructors and have countless hours of training and experience. Unlike any other firearm-related podcast. Unlike any other firearm-related <laughs> podcast. I love this one because it brings a female perspective into a culture mostly dominated by men. But no gun bunnies here. No, ma'am. Come for the info. Stay for the prank calls. Aw, so nice. So we had two reviews. One likes prank call. One doesn't like prank calls. Okay, first of all, most people like the prank calls. They I think do. I think he, and I think that Ice Wolf likes the prank calls, but he's just saying you got to step it up a notch. We got to take it to the next level. Yeah, but there's laws that rec- they preclude us from doing so because then it would Did be you considered hear about, harassment. There was some guy that had a YouTube and he was doing, um, he was recording his pranks and he lit off a bunch of fireworks in a Walgreens or something. And now he's doing jail time. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not taking our, our pranks to that level, yeah. okay? We're Either just do not. it or don't. Okay, don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Thank we, you for the review. So, should we pick a winner? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You I, know what I want to give away? I, I thought we already picked a winner. No, well, no, we're not picking Ice Wolf. <laughs> we're obviously going to pick Rodin. But offhand gear, they gave me, Sandy gave me a bunch of patches, mm-hmm. some of those Hello Kitty patches. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give Rodin a Hello Kitty patch from uh, offhand gear. All right. Well, I'm sure that he'll love that. I think he will. I think he will too. Otherwise, we wouldn't give it away, right? Yeah. I mean, I have them. Yeah. Exactly. All you, he is from I, California, isn't he? Yeah, he's going to love it. Yeah. Yeah. He's actually, he's also one of our Patreons. That's why we know him. <laughs> and I think he just yeah. started collecting patches, so it works out perfectly. All right. I've got two. I don't need any more. I, so. I know. I saw your patch wall. It's like a big patch wall, and it has both you, gun funny patches. Yeah. You have it's still, it's still sitting on. It's still sitting on the floor. I need to hang it up. I need to get some tack walls and make my office space you know, usable, not just look like a, a parts dump. <laughs> Well, you got the the only two patches that matter out there. Right. That's right. There you go. All right. So that'll do it for the reviews. Please leave us reviews and uh, let's wrap this thing up. So if you guys are curious as to where you can find us, it's gunfunny.com. We have links to everything. We have a store. Uh, we just came out with the High Point Operator t-shirt, which you had to wear to Applebee's last night. Yeah, yeah. That was real cool. I was so wimpy. It was pretty awesome. But yeah, we have a bunch of stuff on there. And if you can't get enough of us, you should become a Patreon. Adam, you are king of the Patreons. Tell Damn us. Damn straight, I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speak to your subjects. 
So <laughs> tell us. I'm actually a little disappointed being king. You know, I, I kept thinking I'd be king of the Patreon, and then at some point in time in my life, it'd be just like that opening scene and coming to America when Eddie Murphy was getting the bat. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah, so. <laughs> I know. That's that's how I envisioned it too. Will so. you clean the royal penis, yeah. Sean? <laughs> no, I will not. Yeah, so, but I, I got I got two cocker spaniels and some peanut butter, so we'll take care of it. That, <laughs> so, so it's all taken care of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. So, Adam, why do you support the show as a Patreon? Uh, it's an enjoyable show. Uh, you guys begged me to do it. No, um, <laughs> it, it's an enjoyable show. Um, I, I enjoy the, the banter in the, in the Patreon group. Uh, you know, you you guys. I started listening to a couple podcasts, and then I really just, even though I'm, I'm I listen to podcasts, you guys are pretty much the one I first really subscribed to. Mm-hmm. Don't let uh, Dave Hartman hear that, but uh, um, I do listen <laughs> to his as well. But your guys is the one that you know when it comes out Monday. If I'm free, it's it's on the phone. I'm listening to it. Um, so I enjoy it. I want to see it continue. So that's why I decided to become a Patreon. Yeah. Doris Hartman, never heard of her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aw, poor Dave. Uh, no, that's awesome. Thank you so much for being a Patreon and the king of the Patreons. But look, you get a lot of stuff uh, as a Patreon. You get access to Facebook only or the Patreon only Facebook group. Not sure why that is so incredibly hard to why say. Why we always mess it up. Yeah. But Rap- we're always having fun. Everyone's always like posting funny videos and we have insightful conversations yep. and giveaways uh, swag all kinds of stuff so definitely become a patreon oh you know what speaking of giveaways so you know we gave away the ati outdoors 15 inch handguard yeah when we hit 50 now when we reach 55 patreons we're giving a fat stack of hd targets away yep. and, and these damn. ones yeah so these ones they you know they're like the the shoot and see ones that uh illuminate kind of when you shoot them yeah they splash and i mean they're pricey now uh, how how many targets would you say are in this? I mean, it's a like lot. It's, uh, it's at least like an two. inch thick. Yeah, I'd say even a little bit bigger than an inch. Mm. So there, it's a pretty big pack of targets. I know what one inch looks like. So actually, I'm surprised you're not saying it's three inches. <laughs> if we're being honest. <laughs> so anyway, at 55 Patreons, that's what we're going to give away. And uh, yeah, we're always giving away cool stuff. But if you are a five dollar or more Patreon. You get entered automatically in our monthly raffle. Giveaway. Okay, whatever. I think on our show we can say raffle. I don't think so. And last month we gave gave away another goat gun, which is one of those little mini replica like ARs, I think is. Yeah, we gave away the black AR. Because of your Patreon donation, it helps the show continue. Uh, As a result, we were able to afford an editor who is Kenny Ortega. Kenny is the one who... Probably regrets taking this job. He probably has increased his drinking quite a bit since then. Yeah. But he edits the show so that it sounds better for you guys. Definitely. So thank you to our Patreons. Thank you to our $25 Patreons. Who are they? They are Corbin Bonafide and Iraq Veteran, Iraq Veteran, 888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888888
Well, what I find out is the Gun Funny podcast is about an hour long. It's the perfect amount of time for me to get a bunch of Kegel work in. <laughs> Kegels, Kegels are important. That's Yeah, I've got to keep it tight. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That is awesome. And they can find you at chargerarms.com and on all the social media, right? Yep, yep, yep. When I'm not there, uh, they can find me. I don't know where they can find me. Right. Just doing Kegels, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Patreon.com slash gunfunny to become a Patreon. And also I'd like to say, well, thank you, Adam, for being our guest. And also thank you for working on my guns. You're, uh, no, I'm, I'm happy you liked it. So, and, and honestly, I still get nervous when I do projects for folks. Even if I'm doing like a batch of things, I still get nervous. I want to make sure that the customer's happy. And that's what I was watching the tracking number when that one was shipping out. I was like, Oh man, I hope she likes it. Hope she likes it. Hope she likes it. And then I thought it was signed. They're like, Oh great. What'd you think? You're like, Oh, Sean's got it. I haven't looked at it yet. <laughs> yeah, it was funny because I didn't go to the office that day and Sean did. And so I was like, oh, Sean, is it there? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, well, open it. Let's see. And he's like, oh, I'll just bring it to you because I wasn't feeling that well. So he brought it to my house. And who's on the box? Uh, well, oh, yeah. Some that's a, some figure. The, the, that's right. The bunny. Yeah. yeah, it was a gun bunny. You You put a gun bunny on my box and it said, quote, unquote, I can count to potato. That's that's cute. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. And then so, it was in the trash can for like a week. Yeah. Uh, and every time, every time I'd pull up into my driveway, it was like staring at me. I'm like, ah, when's the trash coming? Is it trash day? <laughs> uh, so. I, I do that to folks that I, I like. Uh, oh, that's like so sweet. That the, I did a shotgun <laughs> for, uh, he had the, uh, guys cuddling from Brokeback Mountain on yes. the outside of his box and it went to his work. So, uh, yeah. Even better. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. There's no sense of putting glitter inside it where the, the guy just enjoys it at the other end. I make sure everybody along the shipment trail has fun. I, I imagine that that's most appreciated for the shipping people who uh, have it in their trucks. I guarantee that people laughed at that the entire way. Yeah. Yeah. I know the FedEx guy here did. So. All right. I love it. Well, that'll do it for this week. Ava, I'm going to see you very soon because you're sitting right next to me. That was a really awkward way to end this. Ava, so save awkward. me, save me, save me. I'm going to go, I'm going to go do Kegels. Okay, great. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Want to send feedback? Suggest a place to prank call? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact. <laughs> <laughs>